Coming up on Shop Talk. Well, the good news is uh, we have actually measured shift from big box store purchases to to shop local. Mm-hmm. And that's because they are going online. There are The public is sympathizing uh, for the merchants or the industries that have been impacted the most. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm Al Grego. And I'm Kelly Servos. This is the January 2022 edition of Shop Talk with Moneris. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Shop Talk, Kelly. Thanks, Al. I'm honored to be the first co-host. Well, you should be. This is a really big deal. Is it, though? It's, well, it will be. Okay. So what is your vision for this podcast? Well, as you know, Moneris is Canada's leading payment processor with 20 plus years in the business, over 350,000 merchants processing 3.5 billion transactions every year. Right. And there are many podcasts out there by financial institutions having conversations about payments, business, the economy and such. Yes, there are. But we're the leading payment processor. Right. You said that already. So who better to lead the conversation than us? Good point. So every month we're going to choose a theme and bring stories, interviews and real data to support that theme. Sounds good. So what's this month's theme? Well, this being our inaugural episode and also a new year, I figure we'd look back at the year that was 2021 to see how the economy is recovering from the pandemic and the lockdowns. That's a pretty heavy start. Well, I'm going more for a hopeful tone here. Yes, a little bit of hope would be nice. Who's up first? First up, we have our feature interview with Peter Goldstein, Director of Corporate Data Analytics at Moneris. We had a great chat about how Canada is recovering from the economic shutdown. Here's my chat with Peter. Interview. I'm here with uh, Peter Goldstein. He's the Director of Corporate Data Analysis at Moneris. Thank you for joining me today, Peter. Thanks for having me, Alan. Happy to be here. Well, we're going to talk about economic recovery. Your team has been measuring it all of last year as we're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, but just kind of full disclosure, we're recording right now in January, and we know that we're, you know there's a lot of restrictions happening in, in different provinces in Canada once again. So the recovery we're talking about is last year. But I think what that could do is inform us of what we can expect this year. Would that be fair to say? Well, you know, every lockdown was different as we sort of progressed through this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, government policy changed, the way we handle it, people's comforts with, you know, exposure to the virus, preparedness of merchants, all things to be considered how each sort of lockdown is, has behaved, so to speak. But generally speaking, yeah, uh, similar patterns uh, with regards to verticals or payment types can be sort of observed uh, throughout the pandemic. Okay, very good. So let's talk about uh, last year's recovery for a bit. A lot of this depends on or is measured on something you call the recovery index. What is a recovery index? Yeah, good question. So firstly, we are very careful on how we aggregate and um, utilize this data. As you know, one in three transactions across the country uh, can be attributed to Moneris. Mm -hmm. And if we aggregate them across uh, vertical levels or different geographies, uh, we're able to make some assumptions on how we're performing in the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, we we capture the transactions directly on the point of sale, you mm-hmm. know, so it's 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 very timely, 
It's uh, it's very accurate, and we're able to measure essentially how the economy is recovered by geography, verticals, different payment types, that sort of thing. Right. So you know, generally speaking, we we try to estimate what the normal would be, mm-hmm. um, and we can do apply some methodologies, um, you know, based on historical volumes and transactions prior to COVID, and make an estimation of what the normal would look like uh, during COVID. Uh, we would then sort of measure. Uh, what are our actual volumes look like today by these different verticals and aggregations and and then determine, you know, a recovery index. Okay. Um, and essentially that would tell us, are we, you know, over or under what is the normal? Mm-hmm. So this recovery index is kind of that uh, magic number you guys are looking at all the time. And if it's going up, that means the economy is recovering overall. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. That's a good, good way to yeah. put it. So, you know, if I'm at 80%, then I'm 80% the norm, mm-hmm. 110%, I'm 10% above the norm, that sort of thing. Okay. That makes sense because I mean, different kind of uh, portfolios would be affected in different ways, right? Like what would you say uh, have been some portfolios that maybe haven't been as affected by the pandemic versus the ones that have been more severe, severely affected? I mean, it's no surprise. Mm-hmm. Things like travel and entertainment um, have really taken the brunt of uh, the impacts. Uh, restaurants, of course, mm-hmm. uh, are directly impacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other end of the spe- spectrum, you're looking at things like groceries and household, these type of things that have actually done well. Alcohol is another category uh, that's done well. And, you know, you can really actually attribute this to a substitution effect. Right. If you think about it, if a restaurant's closed, I'm going to go buy and spend some money in the grocery store or more money right. in the grocery store because now I have to, you know, feed myself. Mm-hmm. Same with alcohol. Bars are closed. You're going to, you know, go to the LCBO and, and buy your products there. Yeah. Uh, household uh, is another good one that I that I like to talk about is people want to are stuck at home, essentially, or, right. or spending a lot more time at home with family. And they want to make it as comfortable as possible. So a lot of money was spent on home improvements, um, you know, products to uh, make your home maybe more comfortable, Mm -hmm. uh, new furniture, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I definitely I had a major kitchen remodel early on in the pandemic. And for that express reason, we weren't spending money on travel. So we might as well put it into improving the house. I can totally relate. And so can half my street, by yes. the way. It was a basically construction zone on the entire street. Yeah. There were a lot of waste bins on uh, in our neighborhood yeah. uh, last summer, for sure. <laughs> that's right. A lot of pools going in. Yes. Um, that's, that type of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, we're, I mean, we talked about the recovery index and you've described how you arrive at that number. How is 2021 compared to a normal year? Good question. I mean, in, in 2020, it was obviously the heavy, heaviest hit, especially in the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 2021, digital channels, uh, everything started to pick up. Uh, we saw some card-to-present transactions recover quite aggressively, mm-hmm. uh, and that helped a lot. And at certain points, even before you know this recent lockdowns, uh, we were above the normal. Mm-hmm. You know, very very healthy. Really? Uh, yeah, very healthy healthy recovery in in, uh, in but the, but in different segments than you would expect. Like obviously travel is still impacted. Right. Um, but, but again, I, I have to reiterate that substitution effect, people are spending their money differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall we, we saw some, um, better than normal performance. And obviously some part of that can be attributed to inflation, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But, but generally speaking, you know, more money was spent through the economy, uh, as per our merchants performance. Right. So, I mean, after a year and a half of lockdowns and of, of restrictions, there's been a lot of work by a lot of businesses to put more focus online into digital. Do those numbers show that? Yeah, yeah, of course they do. I mean, um, and I can talk about the larger businesses in the onset of, of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were most heavily impacted in the beginning of this thing in the early of 2020. Right. We saw almost a direct shift to or substitution to uh, digital channels. And 
you know, maybe not so surprising, but interesting to be confirmed at least um, is, you know, some of the larger merchants because of their preparedness. Mm-hmm. If you think about the big box stores, they already have an online presence. Right. Um, they were very quick to enable curbside pickup, these mm-hmm. type of things. While, you know, some of the smaller businesses, the independent businesses, uh, they lag behind a little bit on that topic and had to catch up, so to speak, towards the latter half of 2020 into 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting to, that you mentioned that, though, because, you know, if we're talking about this lockdown, perhaps there's better preparedness in, in across the board. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure they can substitute and capture all the transactions that they would have otherwise mm-hmm. in a card present environment. But right. But at least it's something and maybe maybe they'll be in a better position to, um, you know, survive the storm, so to speak. Yeah, even those smaller merchants at least shifted some of their business to digital restaurants, had more takeout and and delivery options and, and, and online payment options. So, yeah, the hope is during this most recent lockdown, uh, they won't be as severely impacted. Well, the good news is uh, we have actually measured shift from big box store purchases to to shop local mm-hmm. and that's because they are going online there are the public is sympathizing uh, for the merchants or the industries that have been impacted the most you know i see a lot of restaurants to say even get a discount to buy online on mm-hmm. their website versus one of the big digital distributors or delivery services and and i think that's a good thing because and we should continue that mm-hmm. um because it'll help you know support the smaller merchants and and hopefully uh they can uh, brave the storm so to speak right great thank you so much for your time peter no problem thank you for having me ask, ask an, an expert, expert. I'm joined by Maria Cameron, Director of Portfolio and Process Risk Management. How are you doing today, Maria? I'm great. How are you? Uh, not bad. Uh, Maria, we're on the other side of the holidays now. And for consumers, that usually means credit card bills that need to be paid off and gift returns. But if you're a business owner, especially in retail, it could also mean a lot of chargebacks. So for those of us who aren't business owners, what what is a chargeback? Great question. <laughs> so a chargeback is a credit or debit card charge that is reversed by a bank. This often happens after a cardholder contacts their bank to dispute a transaction, claiming that it resulted from fraud or abuse or the products were not received. Mm -hmm. The funds are then pulled from a merchant's account and returned to the cardholder's account as part of the chargeback process. As a business owner, chargebacks are, I guess, a fact of life, but they can pile up at the holidays, right? So like how many chargebacks do you get around the holidays compared to the rest of the year? Oh, Interesting. So we see an increase at this time of year, just after the holidays of over 2%, especially for delivery not received or fraud related chargebacks. So in comparison, the average chargeback ratio across all industries is about uh, Mm 0.6%. This is according to uh, Visa and MasterCard. And retail and travel industries usually have about 0.7% chargeback rate. What does that mean Mm. for the average merchant at this time of year? They can lose over 1.8% of total revenue due to fraud. Uh, And I imagine that, you know, with more and more uh, sales going online, uh, we've seen an increase there as well. Correct. Um, As e-commerce has now increased, especially in the last couple of years because of um, COVID and um, more and more merchants are transitioning their business to e-com, we're getting a lot more fraud related disputes Mm -hmm. on um, our merchants that have started processing on e-commerce because they're not aware of the uh, fraud protection they should take. 
Well, so you mentioned protection. I mean, you, you can't really mitigate chargebacks. They're going to happen, but, but you can mitigate the impact on your business. So how do we do that? So merchants should have a clear return policy, first of all, on their website. They should always provide an email address and phone number for customers that have a dispute to contact them because it it will usually eliminate a dispute. They should also include detailed product descriptions on their website. Mm -hmm. Avoid keying in card numbers uh, on their own. Have them go through the uh, gateway or through their e-commerce account with um, user address verification services like AVS. Um, Add their CVV codes or service codes and also add a 3D secure. This is a great way to um, mitigate a lot of those chargebacks. In addition, since they're shipping a lot of products, they should always use shipping insurance or shipping confirmation to track the receipt of the products that they've sent. It's a whole new world now with so much shipping happening. It, again, uh, you want to be able to analyze key data points to make sure that the cardholder is the cardholder. Mm-hmm. Um, The address is the verified address and the card is in hand of the shopper with the CVV code. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Maria, for taking time today. Okay. Thank you for having me. And that's all we have for this month. I hope you found this episode informative. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you don't miss out on all the tips and tricks from our payment experts and insights to help grow your business. If you'd like to support this show, share this podcast with your network or review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have a payment related question you'd like to submit to one of our experts, you can email us at podcast at Kelly, thank you so much for co-hosting. It's my pleasure, Al. Anytime. On behalf of Kelly, myself and the rest of Moneris, thank you for listening to Shop Talk. We'll be back in February with another jam packed episode.